what's up? This is Jeremy Kling from Venom Inc. Massacre, The Absence, many, many more, and you're listening to the Brutally Delicious Podcast. Good. How are you today, man? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good so far. I've got my partner Chris on the line. Say hello, Chris. How are you doing, man? Yeah, I'm doing. Good. Are you guys down in Tampa? Uh, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm about 45 minutes north of Tampa, north, uh, northwest, and then Spring Hill. Oh, yeah. Is it hot? As, is it hot as fuck down there right now? Well, I mean, it's kind of like the same temperature that uh, I mean, Michigan and uh, Pennsylvania are both like 96 to 97 right now. So we're about that, but the thing that makes this a bit different is we have Florida man here, and that's stressful. And then also uh, we have like 80% humidity, so that's pretty fucking hot. But so that's like DC then, where I am, it's fucking hot as shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's like common. It's like what well, I, I found whenever I moved here was like Florida's so hot. I'm like, ah, not really. I mean, it's pretty on par with everywhere else, but. We just have more humidity, and northerners have a real hard time with humidity. And I like the direct opposite. Like, I, I, I don't know. I like the humidity. I'm like, fucking bring it on, whatever. <laughs> I agree. I spent about 15 years down in St. Pete, and I loved it, too. I miss it, actually. Yeah, I'm a big fan. I like when it's a wet heat, I guess. I mean, call me crazy, but the dry heat thing, like, I, I, went, I mean, I've, I've been a touring musician for 15 years now, and then... Like, everyone's like, oh, this is a nicer heat, it's a dry heat. And I'm like, this fucking heat sucks, man. Like, it's <laughs> cracking, and I think my eyeballs are going to dry up and just turn into sand. I'm like, I, I'm like, I don't know, man, you know. And I have a, I have psoriasis, which is basically like, I mean, it's pretty common, but it's like, like, eczema, like dry skin. And when I'm in, uh, when I'm in that type of weather, when I'm in just an all solid dry, like, my skin starts to just, Literally crack and peel. You can't look pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> how are you guys? Sorry, go ahead. No, go. I was just saying, how are you guys in the absence dealing with uh, all this nonsense and not being able to be on the road? Because this is prime festival season, right? Um, you know, it's uh, it, it's hard for all the bands. It's hard for Massacre. It's hard for Venom. It's hard for. Absence. I mean, this year was such a big. Okay, I've I've worked my whole life to be where I'm at, right? As, as most of us do, and this year was going to be. I've worked a long time to get a build, and this was a big build year. And then it just went. Nope. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, it kind of and it didn't just fuck me. I mean, I, I know that. I know it hurts everybody globally. So. For, we're all feeling the pinch, but just for me in particular, it was like, oh man, I spent such a long time to get here, and then, you know, then it's fucking, you know, backseated yeah, for an entire year, but I mean, what do you do? It, it's good. I mean, a lot of good came from it, and uh, a lot of positive stuff has come out of it, so I've, I've worked more in my studio, I've, uh, I've worked more around my yard, needed to be done and right. I got a lot of home, home projects done which needed to be done and I've been able to just spend time with my kids which uh, 
I've been home an unprecedented amount of time. Uh, sure. I mean, since... No, I have been sick of you yet? No, 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 hell no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Um, yeah, you know, it's just, I, I never, never in my career have I been home this much. Um, by the time I play a show again in February, it's one year that I was... Well, it was actually a year and a half that I was home. I mean, technically, I just had, like, had a three-day three day tour with Massacre in Germany in January, and then I had a, a two-show, two four-day trip to South America with Massacre. Other than that, I hadn't been... Uh, it was I played Balkan with Venom, so that was already a year ago now. Oh, wow. Uh, so... So I technically haven't, re- I haven't done any touring, I haven't done any touring in about uh, almost a year now, and then that by the time I get back to playing, it'll be a year and a half, like, proper touring that I've done. Right. So, like, crazy. Did, did you guys in the absence do anything, or are you doing anything different to engage with your fans? Like, I know a lot of people are doing live streams or Q&As or all kinds of different things are coming about. Are you guys doing anything like that? Um, you uh, yeah, my my bass player, Mike Mike Leon, he's um he's doing the Twitch thing pretty regularly now, mm-hmm. and he hangs out with uh like we have we have homies all over the place, you know, a bunch of different bands and stuff. And I know that uh, like Pete from Havoc is like tuning in, and Pete has a Pete has his own Twitch thing, and you know Mike going in there and get Pete to play absent songs, and you know cause Pete filled in for me when I had my youngest daughter. Right. He filled it on a tour for me. Um, it would be uh, absences on the Evergrade tour with Sabaton. Okay. And uh, uh, yeah, that was uh, my youngest daughter turns nine this September, so that was nine years ago that filled in. So, anyways, uh, yeah, Mike's doing that. Um, we've been we've been just posting more to try and engage, you know. But much like everybody, everybody's doing that. But then it just kind of. It's just inundated, yeah. you know. Uh, but, you know, uh, Taylor and I, um, from the absence, and he's also a master with me, and then a million other bands that we're in together. Um, we did this quarantine project where it was, it was whenever, it was at the early onset of this thing, and, like, this just kind of gives you a, a, an explanation of what kind of psychotic people him and I are. <laughs> um, he was, he was like, he was sitting there, it was like 9.30 in the morning, 10 in the morning, we're having a coffee, like now. And then I get a hair up my ass, like, dude, we should totally, this is where all that, like, where all like bands start with them, and I'm like, we should totally write a song today. <laughs> I was like, soup to nuts. I was like, write the song, record the song, release the song online. He goes, okay. I was like, we have to live stream, so we have to, so we have to hold ourselves accountable, you know. So, right. So we can't let people down, though, so we don't look like dinguses. And uh, <laughs> he was like, "All right, all right, well, what, what kind of stuff?" And I'm like, "I don't know. You want to do a, uh, you want to do a this style song or this style song?" He's like, "Dude, we should totally do a slam Saturday." I was like, "Ooh, I was like slam." I was like, "What suffocation?" He was like, "Oh yeah." I was like, "Oh my god." Yeah. <laughs> so, at that moment, we live streamed and we said all this garbage that we were going to do. And uh, a bunch 
people were like, you guys are crazy. And uh, I was like, yeah, heck yeah. And then, uh, so he turned around and he wrote, he wrote guitar. And then he, he recorded it while we wrote it. And then my drums were already set up in mic, so, because uh, we were uh, tracking, oh, I think we had just tracked the Venom Ink record, or we were about to track it, or, no, we had just tracked it. We had finished tracking it, that's it. Um, so I went ahead and I uh, just ripped, I wrote the drums, boom, done. And then he started, he wrote the bass and played the bass, and then I we collectively, me, uh, myself, uh, him and my wife were just bouncing lyrical ideas back and forth and all that kind of group writing and then I just sang on it and then I mixed it mastered it and put it online and everybody was like holy shit <laughs> they're, like, this is a, they're like this is a good song and it was like oh well I mean thank you but you know of course we always, we always try you know you know we try to make something like good and uh you know we, we did a whole song and blah blah we posted and everybody was like wow this is great and then Taylor and I were like well we should do on Monday so we gave ourselves the day off we're like on Monday we should do like a HM2 worship style band like Grave or you know something of the sort or like what that or something like that so uh so we wrote the singer for Entrails because uh, we've done tour with them uh and we also wrote our buddy Johnny Patterson, who is, um, he plays in a shitload of bands, like Heads Been Dead and Wombath, which uh, Taylor and I were both in Wombath at one point. Um, <laughs> uh, so we wrote him, we're like, hey man, will you play bass? And uh, Pontus agreed to do vocals. So it was like, okay, but the trick is, we have to record this and send this to you within one day, and you have to write, record, and send it back, and then we'll mix it and put it online which was a little tricky because they're, uh, Sweden is uh, seven hours ahead of us. So you cut yourself so, short already? Uh, what's that? So you were cutting yourself short on time already? Oh, yeah. We were automatically, like, injuring ourselves. But it was like, yeah, okay, let's, uh, let's fucking do it. And they were interested, so we did the same thing again. We were like, hey, we're going to do a Swedish death metal. And everyone was like, oh, can't wait for this, right, you know? And uh, we did it. I made a little album cover for it. And then um, we mixed it, mastered it, put it online. And then, boom, <laughs> here we go. Wow. And then it was like, wow. Okay. And people were like, I really like the first song you guys did, but this is insane. This song is really good. And we're like, oh, wow, thank you. You know, again, because we're like, we always hope that anybody gets a shit about anything. You, you know, that, that's the hope is, as musicians or artists, period. They're like, I mean, I hope someone likes it, you know. Right. Does something for them. And, uh, we realized that was a success, but then we got a, uh, there's actually a piece of, my wife's an artist, uh, and a photographer, a very, uh, multi-talented. And we got a, uh, I, I took one of her old, uh, like, pieces of art that she wasn't using anymore, that was just kind of like a, a scratch art, you know, type deal, but it was a big piece of paper. And I wrote on the back of it, and I started, we wrote down all the different styles, we made like a storyboard, um, of all the different styles that we wanted to do. And then we wrote a list of potential musicians. And then we reached out to all those potential musicians. And the ones that agreed, we wrote in a separate list. And then once they agreed, then we started pairing them to the songs. And we ended up doing 12 songs like that. Wow. 12 songs total. All in one day. Uh, soup to nuts. And we, we did uh, like a 
We did a Gothenburg style, like an In Flames song. We did a Port of Death Metal song, which was, uh, if you think like uh, Cannibal Corp, if they put out the bleeding uh, immediately after the bleeding, that's like the next record. And we had, um, which is cool, because it allowed us stylistically to completely rip off bands that we wanted to, you know, that we wanted to emulate. And, but it was like free creative license to like jump in their shoes and like, and you know, drive around in their car. And, uh, man, we did a Motorhead song, uh, the singer for uh, Venom Inc., uh, Tony Dolan, he sang on that song. It was, it was fucking awesome. The bass player from Mutoid Man, Nick, who is like a, um, I respect that dude's bass playing, like, from here to the moon and back. And uh, we asked him, he's like, hell yeah, he's like super down to do it all in one day. And uh, we just made a Motorhead song, and that's like, that's one of my favorite damn tunes ever. And we just, we wrote it in a day. We just, you know, kind of, we're able to jump in all these different bones. So, uh, so while while the long and the short answer for that is <laughs> while the absence itself hasn't been like you know sexually active online, um, most of us members have been doing stuff and keeping keeping vibes going and keeping the uh, the thought process going. You know, and during all this, we shot two music videos and we did a couple photo shoots too. Oh, okay. Um, the uh, the the music is being mixed currently at Fascination Street in Sweden, and um, it's great, man. It, it's all, I'm really proud of this record. I mean, I know that every band says, it, says that, you know, their newest album is their best, but I really do think that um, in this case, like, it's the, the monster that the absence is, is growing into, it, it's, it's in its maturity phase, which is, pretty awesome and I'm, right. I'm happy that I'm happy that we're here you know, I'm happy that we made it I'm happy that we made it this far because a lot of bands don't even have that opportunity and you never get to hear them you know you don't get to hear them grow and turn into whatever they're going to be you know you only hear the onset you know and that's where those demo tape guys are sitting there with their arms crossed and they're receding hairline and they're like I only listen to that only the demo <laughs> it's like, oh well okay I mean, I get it. Like, I mean, I like bands first shit, but, you know, I also like what bands turn into. Like, uh, one of my favorite bands ever, Caven, is, if you listen to their first record and their second record, by the time their third one hits, they turn into, like, space rock. They go from, like, metal to, like, space rock. And that's one of my favorite records ever. Period. Right. And then the next record they put out was, like, elevator music. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's fucking weird. Then they put out some weird acoustic records. And then they put out some other, like, like a like a popular rock stuff and like as they progress as musicians you can hear them them being them but you know they just are they just are ever changing you know so I don't know do I you, like the, yeah. do you I think like that's do you think that's because they're trying to change their music and do their fans stay with them or do they not just give a fuck at all and they just do what they want to do and hope their fans come along for the ride I think in particular Caven never gave a fuck um <laughs> I, I think they never gave a fuck. Now, with the absence, um, we do give a fuck about that. And we, I personally, my mission statement is, this band is not a black metal band. Mm-hmm. Now, if we put out a, let's say like a Demo Borgir style black metal record, everyone would be like, what the hell? You're alienating all of your melodic death metal fans, which, uh, we're actually now calling uh, the absence, we're, we're calling it Death Metal Evolved, 
because, I mean, it is death metal. It's very melodic. But then again, so is Deicide. But, you know, right. I guess that's arguable. <laughs> so, uh, we're just saying uh, death metal evolved. But, uh, you know, that band, uh, The Absence, isn't, it isn't a black metal record. If we put one out, people would be like, okay, so you guys are just genre hopping. You know, so I, I made a black metal band because I wanted to play black metal. Right. Just because I was like, I want to throw that suit on and just see what it's like, you know? And then, because I mean, I listen to a lot of it anyways. I listen to a lot. And uh, a lot goes into this band to keep it, to keep it sounding how, you know, it's got to have that vibe and it's got to have that same feel. And if it doesn't, then it's a different band. So at that point, then we should change the band name or you know, do away with Rip, which, which is pretty cool because you can have like elements that pop in and out now but you can like uh, we have a one of our singles that's going to be coming up off this record it's called uh, oh I can't talk about the name of it yet <laughs> bad panda okay but um, but one of the singles that's, that's going to be released has like a bit of like an air of black metal the whole thing itself by and large is not black metal but it has hinges of it which is cool because that, sh- that shows growth and that shows maturity and that shows us bringing our outside influences into what our idea of the band is. Right. Chris? Which is cool. I mean, that's creative liberty. I, that's I awesome. agree. Did I, did I hear you say that Jen's board is mixing the record for you guys? Uh, uh, yeah, as a matter of fact, he's going to be mastering it, and uh, Ricardo Borges, uh, uh, Ricardo, I love that dude, he has a name that is like seven different names together. It's like <laughs> Ricardo, uh, He's just a bunch of names. It's, I can't. I don't want to block his form because he's he's a great guy, and I don't want to fuck his name up. But it's a very long name, and I'm like, "What's your email address?" And I went to go email him. He goes, "It's my entire name." I was like, "Oh fuck, <laughs> thanks. that's not convenient." <laughs> I'm like, "What do I call you?" He's like, "Ricardo." I was like, "Oh shit!" I thought uh, it's like Ricardo George uh, something. You know. Anyways, uh, but uh, Ricardo was actually doing the the brunt of the mixing, but. Um, Jens is there and he is uh, overseeing the mix and then Jens will be mastering the record. Well, Fascination Street has put up so many high-end records that just sound pummeling, to say the least. Let me, let me, let me tell you about like the, the height of flattery that happened with this. Is They reached out to us and said, hey, we just recorded the new Insomnium record. And we want to have more melodic death metal in our uh, in our library. And many people directed us to you, and then we all listened to it, and we're floored to hear that you guys were from Florida. And it was like, oh shit! I'm just, uh, Taylor and I were going to mix it. We have a studio here, and it's a very complex record. And every song is not every song is not the same. It's not you can't like puppy mill this record out. You can't just yeah. like import session data and roll with it, and then you're good to go. It's not going to work that way. You need to. It, it requires more time and effort. And yeah. um, so we were just going to do it because I know how the fuck it should sound. I know I know exactly how it should sound because we wrote it. So right. I, I know what it needs to, what it takes, to, and what needs to be accented, and what needs to be featured, and what could stand to be you know put in like the 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 back burner a little bit, you know, for sex. So, um, they wrote us that, and I was like, wow, I mean, 
that that's fucking awesome. But I was like, that's interesting, man. I was like, okay. I was like, well, of course. I was like, let me be honest with you. Um, we just plan on mixing it ourselves, and here's the reason. And he's like, wow, that's really cool. He's like, uh, Ricardo was like, I really want to do this record. I really do. He's like, and we will take the time and we will make it sound how it needs to sound. That's no pressure. I was, I was like, wow, dude. All right. Then you know what? I think you got the job. Let me talk to the guys. And then we talked. And then uh, it was like, let's have him do a test mix. We sent him over a test mix and it was like, yeah. We sent him over a, a session of mix and he fixed it up and it was like, hell yeah. Let's go ahead and go with that direction. So nice. now, we're, now we're on board with Fascination Street, which is pretty cool. Well, yeah, I mean, they, they are, they, besides Andy Sneap, I mean, they are the metal studio in the world. Oh, yeah. Really. That, that's it, man, man. That is it. They are, uh, they are crushing it. They are crushing it. And it was, it was pretty cool. It was like, well, we had no intention of, you know, working with them. Um, I mean, we did, we did on uh, the Gift of the Obsessed record, we, uh, David Castillo, um, so he runs Ghost Ward, but Ghost Ward is kind of Fascination Street as well, because it's, um, Jen doesn't have a, a drum room, so he uses David's drum room in Stockholm, uh, at Ghost Ward, but it's also like, Jen dumps a lot of money into, and there's like a Fascination Street sign that's there. Even though yeah. it goes to studio, so anyway, so we, we didn't have a plan. Uh, we were actually just gonna, you know, save some money, and I was gonna do it, you know. And uh, anyway, it just came down to pipes totally different. So we're like, ah, okay, well here we are. But, uh, <laughs> it's totally funny. Who knows what's gonna happen? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So well, all this shit hit and screwed everything up. But what do you do, man? I had twelve trips to Europe. Uh, all booked. I had I had such a stack year, and then it just all went away. But you know, boo hoo, tears in my beer about it. You know, what do you do? What do you do? Yeah. When can we expect to hear the new record? Um, I I mean, shit. It's it's basically done. It's basically done. But we're because of COVID, we're gonna have everything being pushed back until 2021. Uh, I think globally, no one wants to put out a record and not be able to do any type of touring. So yeah, you know that's what happened with Hatebreed. They they held their their tour and their record, and you know it's all. I'm really surprised that Simple Tourists don't put their record out. That was that was a bold move, you know, because that kind of like that kills all momentum you have, kills all momentum. Yeah, because then it's done. You got to sit and wait. Yeah, then you got to sit and wait. And you can't even do, you can't post the content, or you can't post the uh, tours, and you can't, you know, the hype machine is, comes to a grinding halt. Yeah. Wow, I didn't think about that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the whole, I've seen so many records come out during COVID, and they just kind of come out and go away. Yep, you know, and that and that's regular, you know. Um I mean, like, no one even knows that we did that, uh, that quarantine project, you know, it's like, it's not really, it's not really like a, like a thing, but, um, hang on, can you guys hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool, I've switched to my, uh, wireless headphones. Um, yeah, I mean, that project is, that project is, no one even knows about it, because it's, oh, fuck, we're like months away from that, so no one has, like, 
there's no memory I mean unless you say something fucked up then there's memory but you know right I'm gonna go search for it after we're done podcasting today uh, yeah <laughs> cool. I want to see it in real time <laughs> yeah go for it uh, type uh, it's on Bandcamp type in Smoke and Mirrors production and go to the Bandcamp and you can check out all the songs and I think they're in order um there's a really killer like doom style song it's sort of like Black Sabbath that we did with my wife uh she sings and um we have a we have a doom band called Nil and this is basically like a Nil song but we just did it and man I listen to that I listen to that now and I'm like so proud of that I'm so proud of that song I'm so proud of all those songs that we do like a Bay Area style thrash song and we do a we do a hardcore song we do a just a bunch of different stuff. That's um, pretty cool. Like a Judas Priest style song. Um, I actually got the uh, I got the whole project signed to Nuclear Blast um, subsidiary digital only label Blood Blast. Um, oh, cool! Yeah, so we're we'll be releasing it properly digitally in about a month. But you know, that's what I'm saying. Like unless you have unless you have someone like pushing, 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 it's kind of like all. Everything is like dead in the water. If you can't tour, then that's like that's most of your that's most of the the shock and awe or the, the or the flash. Right. You know that's the, the documentable the documentable content that people want to see. You know? And where you make your money too? Where are touring you make your money? Hell yeah. Yeah. I mean, shit, you make it on tour, you know, and that's everyone knows that. So if you can't tour, you put a record out. Like I feel bad for. My homies in Warbringer, they have a really great record. They put this record out, and you can't tour. So, I mean, you put that record out, and you go on tour with Megadeth, everybody sees you, you know? Right. I mean, everybody, the people get eyes on it, and then they get eyes on the record, you know? And the I mean, merch. I'm sure that record... Sorry, go ahead. And the merch. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that too, you know, that aside, but, you know, you're... Your album cycle has it's been very important, especially in today's in today's times. I mean, it, everybody's attention span is like you know Vine or TikTok. So uh-huh. like, you you got to get it done in seven seconds, or else you know they've moved on. I think it's going to get worse after COVID because everyone is just they went from human interaction to the only thing they have now is just digital. You know, yeah. it's like. So now they could be like talking to five people at one time and having separate conversations until like, con- I don't know if connection is the right word because I've connected probably more with people through this, but like the attention to one thing is not going to be the same as it was after this, I don't think. You know, this is going to fuck up a lot of stuff and we don't even know what the, we have no idea what the wake of this shit is. We have no idea. We can't even see the wake. We don't know. We have no idea. It's going to be interesting. I'll say that. It's going to be interesting. Like, the whole... The the world has forever changed. Like, I mean, I used to only see masks on people when I went to Japan. Uh, and usually it was Japanese people at airports you'd see them with masks. Now everybody has a mask. It's status quo. Right. Like well, that's good to hear, because... That's good to hear. <laughs> yeah. It is good to hear, um, but that's not going to go away. I mean, we're going to be five years down the road, and there's going to be John Q. Public is still going to be wearing masks. A, a lot of people. I, that's yeah. at least my my thought process. I don't think that's going to go away. So we'll see people with.
of mass, which is a good thing because they keep themselves, you know, and, and another positive, I think, is people are now more militant about being cleaner in public. Yes. And thinking about being clean in public, which is something that has lacked for sure. I mean, this, this will cut down the common cold, you know, the, this will cut down the common cold numbers if everybody's like militantly cleaning their hands and wearing masks. Like if I'm sick in public, I'll wear a mask for the rest of my life. I'll wear a mask now. To yeah, I won't think about it either. Yeah, I mean, I'll throw it on, but before that wasn't even in the playbook. Right. It wasn't even, wasn't like, oh, I'll throw a mask on to go to the store because I have to get cucumbers for the salad that I'm making for this party that I have happening today. I need, I need chicken wings too, so I'll get those, and then I'm like around touching shit, you know? Now I'm, I will be more mindful. I'll throw a mask on and be like, oh, okay, I'll keep my hands clean that way I don't cross contaminate anything, you know? This teaches us all to, just be better people, which is good, you know, but I foresee people are still going to be wearing masks and I foresee, I don't know, man, I wonder what's going to happen when the floodgates open back up. I really do wonder what's going to happen. I mean, it's one sign of like a COVID outbreak and then it all goes back into the, Yep. it all goes back into the stop. What's it like where you are? Like, I know in South Florida, it's like totally fucked. Uh, I have friends down there, and they're just like, it's fine. But, um, uh, well, it's fine here. It's pretty much business as usual. I mean, there's no... You know the story, we take our kids, no one touches anything, um, which is great because, I mean, my kids are... Um, between my wife and I, we have five and two grandchildren. And uh, we have uh, 20... Uh, our oldest son is 14. Our other son just turned 12 yesterday. Our... Next daughter is nine, about to be 10, and then we have eight, about to be nine. So they're pretty good about not touching anything, but you know, we don't have like babies or anything like that. Right. Um, so, but, so no one's, it's kind of like, it's like business as usual, you know, but I can't, I, I don't know, I don't know how it's gonna go, I don't know how in six months they think everything is gonna go back to like shows and stuff. I mean, I'll be stoked. Uh, I'll be stoked when it does happen, of course. But uh, I'm not sure. Well, we'll have to see. I mean, Spain's still in like, like UK. I just read that UK and Spain are in like a, like a stalemate lockdown and still. And Spain has spiking cases. And it's like, well, shit, it's already been like four to five months. <laughs> where, where are we at? Right. You know, it's going to be at uh, a year from uh, like, like. A year so, total. So there's a vaccine, and I'm, I don't see it getting back to any any kind of normal, really. Yeah. Like, in Canada, it's starting to, where I'm from, I live in D.C. now, but in Canada, it's getting back to normal. Um, but there's no shows. Like, no, we won't yeah. see that for a while. Yeah. And Canada only has, like, yesterday they had, like, 300 cases for the whole country. <laughs> so... And, and 11 dead so it's like they have it barely under control but they're not taking any chances at all like but they're just like there's no shows clubs are on yeah. but no 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 like clubs or anything like that yes you know and I, I've got a couple you know when, when you do this job you start to make friends with these people who are club owners or bar owners and 
I've seen a couple of my friends fall, you know, and I got, I got a couple of my friends that are squeaking by and making it work, and I don't know how they're doing it, but yeah. there's, there's, I, I personally think there needs to be a stimulus package for live music venues. Like, yeah, there really does, because without them, the culture of music will be lost. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. You know what? Now that you mentioned that I've got one more, and it probably will be a long one, but let's see if we can keep it uh, on the shorter end. Did you ever imagine that you'd still be doing this so many years later with so many of these massive bands? Did I think that? Um, I mean, a part of me always knew I would be in the music industry, uh, and that's going back when I was 16. I didn't know where my footprint would lie. I had no... I had no idea. I was a pretty um, confident young guy. <laughs> so when I was 20, I was like, I was pretty much like, I, I joined the Absence and I knew that band was different. I knew it was different. Like I had jammed in a couple other local bands and we did stuff and then the Absence was a local band, but when I joined them, I knew it was different. And that came with a whole special um, feeling that it gave me of like, oh, okay. But you know, I, I rode that wave and then after after like three years, um, I found myself needing to work, and then I started crewing. Right. I started uh, I started drum teching, and then I started doing uh, the drum teching. Led to I had a buddy of mine got got me a job uh, tour managing, and I had never done that before. But you know that was my first time tour managing. I, the whole time I had owned a studio. And I understood the board, and then I got a job monitoring, and then I got a job doing monitors professionally, and then I got a job doing front of house. Right. Which, I mean, I had tinkered, I had tinkered with that locally, and done some work locally, and then it just grew and grew and grew, and then, then all of a sudden, like I was, I was a behind the scenes worker, which was rad, which was really rad, you know, and I, I got myself up to being like a tour manager and front of house engineer for Sepultura. Right. Um, front of house engineer for Exodus. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the list is crazy. And I look back at it, I'm like, I don't know how any of, <laughs> I don't know how any of that happened. If I'm being honest, it just all kind of just, I never foresaw me being like a crew guy. I mean, you know, we all dream of being like a, we all dream of being the musician, which is, here's an interesting, uh, I know, let me, I'm, I'm real chatty today. But no, I love it. Uh, we got some great content. I just, we have a whole lineup, so I don't, I don't mean to rush you, but we've got everybody back yeah, up today. It's okay. Uh, so I, I, you know, the dream is to play music, right? And uh, I was out with doing front of house for Benhaming, and we were on tour, and I got along great with those guys. Long story short, Abaddon leaves, and they, here's, here's where the flattery, like, punches you in the face like a brick. It was between me and Tom Hunting to get the drum gig. Oh, from Exodus. Like, I'm like, oh no, really, Tom? I'm like, <laughs> oh my god! I was like, oh god, really? And they're like, yeah, but we've toured with you, and we really like you, and we we wow. jam with you on stage, and we we want to we want to take you on on our first on the we're doing our first tour without Abaddon. I'm like. Okay, and it was in Europe with suffocation to support. And it was like, oh fuck, I bought Pearson within when I was 13. Okay, sure, you know, and here, here I am like a fan and you know, suffocation's opening for me and I'm like, oh, okay, all right. So, so like 20 year old you was jumping up and down. Oh dude, 
20-year-old me, 25-year-old me, 30-year-old me, 35-year-old me, all those me's were all jumping up and down. Um, and so I toured with them for two years straight, okay? So I, that's, I stopped crewing then is what I'm saying. Is, and I had crewed for almost a decade. I was a crew member for almost a decade. And I was actually at the point where I'm like, you know, I'm going to stop trying to... I got to a point where I was like, uh, I'm going to stop trying to make it with the absence. I'm going to focus on, you know, make it. I'm doing like the Ronald Reagan finger quote. I'm going to stop trying to make that my main MO. I'm going to reel back from playing a bit and I'm going to buy a board and I'm just, I'm going to be a front of house engineer because I really enjoyed mixing. Right. I really enjoy that thoroughly. It's a great job and I love it because you're in control of so much emotion. And yeah, anyway, um, so I was at that point, and then I got the call. I literally got the call. John DeZula called me and gave me the opportunity, and I was like, okay, Johnny Z, oh my God, all right, <laughs> bud. So I go out with him for two years, and then I had some friends of mine hit me up, and they're like, uh, Warbringer and Enforcer, and they're like, hey, we're doing a U.S. tour at Carlos, uh, the drummer, hit me up, and was like, hey, I'd love to hire you to do front of house. So I was like, I haven't done front of house in a couple of years. Yeah, that'd be really great. What are the dates? And, uh, they had some long 54 date tour, and I'm like, I can't, I, I can't do that. Sorry, guys. I was like, I'll, uh, the first half of that, I'm actually on a vacation with my wife, so I won't be able to do that. And they're like, oh, okay, well, if your mind changes, or if, if that was actually it, it was like, okay, it was like, okay, well, see ya. And I'm like, okay, bye. And then like a couple <laughs> weeks later, it was like, what if we brought a guy up until you were available? Oh my God. And I was like, I was like, oh, it's like that. I was like, uh, <laughs> I was like, okay, uh, yeah, I'll do half the tour. So I did half the tour. And when I say half the tour, it was 33 days with no days off. Uh, no, wow. they did, they did 54 days in a row straight, no Ooh. days off. And the guitar player for Warbringer, Chase, he was playing bass in Enforcer. So by the end of that tour, he had 108 shows in a row. Oh my uh. God. <laughs> nuts, nuts, right? I'm like, I'm like, woo! So I get this man a drink. <laughs> I'm gonna get a nice singer voice and just trash. Man, so uh, anyways, uh, the again, the the long and the short of that is, is the dream is to play music, and I played music, and right before that, uh, I went on tour with those guys. I did Hellfest, and I did Bakken, and those were like the big ones. And then uh, this, this was actually my last tour that I did, but I was a crew member. Uh, and I went out with those guys, and um, I went out with those guys, and I enjoyed it. And I found myself enjoying it more than even playing. So I don't think the dream for me is to play. I think the dream, I really enjoy live music, and I enjoy touring. Right. Um, and I got along really good just doing front of house, not having the pressure of playing, not setting up anything, not... Um, uh, you know, just going and making people sound fucking how they want to sound, you know, how they want right. to come, come across, you know, when their fans come up to them, it's like, oh my God, the kick drums just ripped my mind apart, you know, <laughs> and the, the guys are like, oh, we got great reviews about it, and I'm like, oh, cool, man, that's like, that's the same, that gives me the same exact feeling as being on stage and coming off and someone going, that was the best performance ever, and I'm like, oh, wow, fuck yeah, dude. Nice. You know, so when someone comes up to the soundboard and is like, you they sound so killer and I'm like okay so I realized that the dream for me wasn't uh, you know wasn't playing necessarily it's just 
being involved in the industry. Right. I, I really do love it, and I'm I'm fortunate that I'm able to do it. I'm very fortunate. So now it's all gone, you know. So <laughs> now we're all just sitting here with our thumbs up our asses. But you know, uh, I'm hopeful it'll get back to it, you know, sooner than later. Yeah, uh, you and us, you and me both. All right, man. Yeah. Yeah. I hate to cut you off, but we got to run. All good. I guess. Thank you so much for the conversation. Man, you were great. Thank you for taking the time. I really appreciate it. Good luck and stay safe, my friend. No problem. No problem. Thank you, guys. And uh, obviously, shoot me an email whenever it's all up and up and ready. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We'll definitely do that. Thanks, man. Take cool. care. Bye, guys. All right. Bye. Bye. Welcome to my 120 seconds or less of Really Delicious. I'm Ashley, and this week we're checking out MX The American. First off, they're from West Virginia, which in my opinion is the best Virginia because that's where I'm from. And as big as they sound, I'm really disappointed in myself that it's taken me this long to add them into my playlist. Their sound is kind of like a Pantera, Rage Against the Machine, and I don't know, maybe like Santana had a baby. I think, I don't know. I literally love every single song that I've listened to up there so far, and I like to think I'm like the grumpy bitch version of Simon Cowell. Um, they have nine albums out. They've opened for a lot of well-known bands like Megadeth, Motorhead, Slayer. Not too excited about the Red Hot Chili Peppers, but it's still a huge accomplishment anyway. Um, a couple of my favorites are War and Let It Out off their 10,000 Elephants album. It's definitely, yeah, it's definitely my favorite. I just wish it had more than seven songs. Um, all of their albums can be found anywhere you look, like Apple Music, Spotify, or YouTube. And I definitely, absolutely, freaking lootly think that it's worth adding to your playlist, too. We'll catch you next time. Hey friends, my name is Zach Lupiton. You may know me from the band Dust Bowl Revival, but I also host a music discovery podcast called The Show on the Road. For the last five seasons, I've been able to dive deep and have intimate chats with folks like the Lumineers, Andy DeFranco, Wolfpack, Keb Moe, Lake Street Dive, Bela Fleck, and more. So guess what? After 150 conversations with some of my favorite songwriters from around the world, we are bringing brand new episodes to the Osiris Network. New interviews and intimate acoustic performances will be coming at you this summer. And which episodes are coming next, you ask? I am Zach Goody, the lead singer for the band Smash Mouth. Our band is called Milky Chance. We are based in Berlin. My name is David Shaw. I sing and write songs with my band, The Revivalists. Trust me, these conversations go some wild places. So subscribe to the show on the road on Osiris, and we'll see you soon. Again.